Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love. Love at first listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM 640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We're on the radio from 1 until 4. Then after 4 o'clock, you can hear the show, whatever you missed on the iHeart app. It's called The John and Ken On Demand Podcast. And we have lots of stuff and good yeah, stuff. But, but wait, is this our last show? Are we done? Why? The strike. We're not striking at midnight with SAG after. That's our union. Uh, we're in the we're in the broadcast division. Well, but we're part of the union. We have to walk in sympathy, do we not, for the writers and the actors? No, I, I called and asked. Well, you better call again. I think they've made a change. Deborah's on strike for my voiceover work. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say who would notice. She, oh, Ken, you're starting off. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. She was in the hallway nice. uh, shouting, "No justice, no peace." Yeah, I was. I was yeah. picketing. Yeah. Wow. No one talking. noticed that. <laughs> she was picketing all the empty offices. Yeah, in exactly. That's why no one noticed. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you guys are right there at Ground Zero. You got the studios nearby, right? Warner Brothers and stuff. You should. Yeah, be there. I drove down Olive Avenue uh, a few days ago, and it was a Disney's down there too. There, right? was a, there was a massive picket line in front of Warner Brothers mm. down down the road. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk about that later. But of course, the, the big news is uh, everything reversed when it comes to that bill in Sacramento, Senate Bill fourteen. 
to make child trafficking uh, a serious felony in California. When this happened the other day, and of course, we had a cascade of response, so did a lot of other people. And suddenly the Democrats have changed their tune. The state's Assembly Public Safety Committee, which only got two votes for the bill and six Democrats abstaining, changed their minds quickly in about less than 24 hours or so. What? And they, they passed it 6 nothing. Two what? Democrats didn't vote, but now it's, it's, it's through the uh, Public Safety Committee. What was the onslaught like? that these Democrats switch sides on a bill that's going to put uh, these child trafficking perverts in prison longer. This is the first time this has happened in years. So it is. They usually just fold their arms and say, tough luck. We don't believe in any more prison time or any new prison sentence time. This uh, is is quite shocking. We are going to talk with, we've got uh, Tom Lackey. Right. Yeah, he's on the Public Safety Committee. He's on the Public Safety Committee. He's one of the Republicans. Republican. He's consistently voted to put these sex trafficking perverts away in prison for a long time. Let's get Tom on the show. Hey, it's good to be here. Hey. Um, yeah. Well, how about that reversal, huh? Well, the cries of decency have broken through the barriers of our routine process for a change. Yeah. And uh, it's very refreshing and it's part of history today. What? It, where is it now? The, the, this this well, bill. Let me, let me just tell you that uh, it was quite a wrangle this morning. Uh, Republicans announced uh, yesterday that we're going to be warping, which means we're going to cut through the garbage and bring it to a vote to the entire body. But that got blocked. And, and instead of approving that motion, the uh, Democrats brought forward their own motion to hold an emergency public safety hearing, which puts it in a, a whole different pathway, which is very uncertain. And that's why we tried to cut through it. But uh, nonetheless, uh, their measure passed, and uh, we had the meeting. And as you have outlined already, uh, it passed public safety, and we just had two of the members that still didn't have the courage to uh, support what was right. But uh, nonetheless, now it goes to Appropriations Committee, and uh, hopefully it sailed through there. And then we'll come to the floor, and I think it'll have no problem getting through. Yeah, there's a report here that 18 co-authors have been picked up in the assembly on the bill, and most of them are Democrats, which tells you probably how they're going to vote. So sounds like it's a winner. That, Tom, well, that tells you that uh, the cries for decency have actually penetrated the hearts of uh, the difficult. I'll just say that. Why? Since there, were, so, since there were so many Democrats who were supporting this bill, co-sponsored the bill, why couldn't they get through to these six uh, committee members who were blocking things. I, I, I've never seen this before, where you had all the, the opposition just on the it's, committee. No, it's the power of politics uh, in the moment. And it's shameful. It's really shameful that uh, and embarrassing to me that uh, this has been so such a difficult battle to do something so decent uh, that it had bipartisan support in the other chamber. I mean, completely. It didn't get opposed. And then it comes to our our chamber and we have this difficult path and I, I'm embarrassed by it, but I'm thankful we're, we're finally, we've reversed course and we're on the right path. All right. So what, what part did Newsom play in this? Do you think? Oh, he wasn't silent. He, he definitely uh, weighed in on this measure pretty powerfully. And uh, I think he was a big part of the, uh, the success that we're at least hopefully going to enjoy. And he uh, called up uh, Shannon Grove, who's the uh, your colleague, the Republican state senator who uh, uh, wrote the bill. 
and got it passed in the Senate, he called her up directly. Yes, he did. And uh, I, I can't explain that completely, but I have my own personal feelings, but it's not important. I, I think what's, what's really important is that it's moving in the right direction. Very, very thankful for that. And there is something I want to bring out to you that happened today that was very, very disheartening and inappropriate. We had an assembly member named Joe Patterson that actually was introducing a pregnancy help center group that had traveled all the way up here to uh, to be in the chambers uh, during this historical day. And because they were from a pregnancy help center, the uh, the speaker cut uh, the assembly member's mic, so he couldn't identify them. And that was super embarrassing, super rude, and inappropriate. And we're we're still going to follow up on that, but I I thought you might find that interesting. I've never seen that happen in my my eight plus years here. Yeah, it well, was very that, very that's... disheartening, and it's it's not appropriate. Yeah. Now you are you pretty much done with business today for a while? Yeah, for uh, four weeks. So so there'll, there'll be no toxic bills passed in the next four weeks. <laughs> who were the two assembly people on your committee? Oh, oh Mia Bonta, who still was one of them. It was Mia Bonta and who else? She didn't vote, yes. And the other one Assembly is Isaac Bryan. Bryan was the other one. No, Isaac Bryan. Bryan. So, but Mia Bonta, who's the wife of Rob Bonta, the attorney general, even after this big ruckus and, and, and six Democrats converted, and, and well, four Democrats converted and voted, there were two left. Mia Bonta's one of them. She still wouldn't vote to raise the prison penalties for child sex perverts who traffic little children. Shameful. Shameful and embarrassing. I'm so so disheartened by that. What kind I, of I the attorney general's no wife? What kind of a woman would do that? Would vote to keep the penalties lessened for someone who sells little girls for sex? What what Yeah, I wish I, I had the answer. I wish I had the answer, but I do not her, have and her husband wants to her husband wants to be governor? And this is what she's. You think from a practical standpoint? I just. Yeah, I, I, she did, definitely didn't help that effort. That's for sure. Um, I I don't know whether that'll transpire, but I just find it disheartening that in the clamor that we still had some resistance, and I, I find that to be pretty remarkable and disheartening. All right, Tom. Thank you so much for coming back on and uh, updating us. Yeah, good work. Well, thank you for allowing me to uh, to share this. Positive information for a change. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's a good day. Assemblyman Tom Lackey, Republican on the Assembly Public Safety Committee. Of course, he's voted all along for this bill that would classify child sex trafficking as a serious felony, which is an important distinction because that means they get a long prison sentence. They're going to have to serve it because it can be a strike on their record. That's the big difference. We learned this years ago with the ballot measures like Prop 57, where we had that list of serious felonies and we found out there's a lot of things missing. <laughs> I hope they can put them all in there. Things like, you know, raping an unconscious yeah. person. I think something dealing with domestic violence. And of course this too. And I mention this every day, but how, how, why, why do we have to have a system where the only legislators who were against this bill are the majority on the Assembly Public Safety Committee? None of the other Democrats apparently are against this bill. None of the Republicans obviously aren't. So what? What? what th th why are they all loaded there? Who forces the Democrats to do that? And did I, they? Th or is this a cynical ploy where 
most of the Democrats didn't want this to pass, but they know it would look very bad in an election cycle. And I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at this story for what happened today. This Democratic majority leader, Isaac Bryan, uh, he moved to waive the rules on the assembly floor this morning that forced the committee to hear the bill again immediately. And then he didn't vote. He was one of the abstentions. I don't really understand that. So, Well, there's something wrong with these people. They're not logical and rational. They're irrational thinkers. It's like, well, of course you want to take men who sexually abuse little girls and buy them and sell them for sex. Of course you'd want to put them away for as long as possible, right? That's not a debatable point. There is right. no two sides to this issue. So if you're willing to give those guys a break... There's no point analyzing anything else they do or any other issue they vote on. They're crazy people. All right. We got more coming up, including your chance for money. The KFI Inflation Compensation Contest continues with another keyword. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. Now, one of the hacks on the Assembly Public Safety Committee, one of the Democrat hacks that abstained in the first round of voting on Senate Bill 14, which, again, would make child sex trafficking a serious felony, which could add significant prison time, was this Liz Ortega from the Bay Area. We mentioned her yesterday. We played some audio. She was the one, John, that said we need more outreach. She mentioned getting do, them into housing or do, something. Do we have her clip? Because she sounded like an eight-year-old girl. Well, that's funny you said that because uh, the tweet I'm about to read also sounds like an eight-year-old girl. Do we still have the clip? Can we play it? Or we're still digging it out. I didn't ask for it. The so. system isn't alone. Oh, here she is. And, you know, Three Strikes has also shown that it has failed many in our community. And so, you know, I'm you know. struggling with how do we support you? With mental health access, with housing, with education, with good jobs, because it's part of a holistic approach. Sending someone to prison for the rest of their lives is not going to fix the harm moving forward. And that's the part that, you know, I'm struggling with. So... By the way, they wouldn't be going to the prison for the rest of their lives. I mean, they get 12 years. They'd serve 12 years. That was the, We told you the story yesterday. You can get out in four with our stupid good time halftime. But because this would be considered a serious felony, you'd have to serve the whole 12. So shut up, lady. Uh, here's her tweet. <laughs> here's her tweet from today. On Tuesday, I made a bad decision. Voting against legislation targeting really bad people who traffic children was wrong. I regret doing that. I'm going to help get this important legislation passed into law. Like somebody pulled her into the woodshed and spanked her or something. I made a bad mistake. I made a bad mistake. So yeah. it wasn't instinctive to her that you should put child sex traffickers in prison for a long time. She's a woman. I, I, I'm shocked at the way women are on the uh, in the assembly are voting and acting and what they're saying. You're you're you create life. The life forms in your bellies. And then eight years later, the life you created is going to get sold for sex by some creepy, sleazy, sweaty guy who's going to make money off your little girl. No. And you would allow that? You wouldn't instinctively say, I want to kill him. We got to execute these people. We should throw them away forever. I, I, I mean, I'm just astonished because I thought, Often, women ran on this idea that they 
bring a different perspective, a more compassionate perspective. Oh, uh, yeah, a, they're a, not toxic a, men, right? A, yeah, a point of view for me as being a mother. So the compassion doesn't work for the little eight-year-old girl who's now got to surrender her body to multiple men a night because somebody kidnapped her and and sold her for sex or or helped drag her across the border. I, I mean, I, I, I'm just Liz Ortega didn't occur to her immediately. But by the way, I'm looking. I'm looking at this woman. She's forty. She's forty-five years old. She's 45 years old. She sounds like she's eight, and she thinks as if she's four. I, I just I just don't understand these. These are freaks. I've realized all these people are just freaks. Ambitious freaks. Narcissistic freaks. They want power. They want some celebrity. They want to control things. But they're crazy. She's a crazy person. Here is Newsom. Yesterday... We heard, because we had Shannon Grove, the author of the bill on the show, that he reached out to her, and then eventually he made some comments about Senate Bill 14. Here we go. I died, huh, in the assembly. I talked to Senator Grove about it this morning, which is indicative of my desire to see what we can do. Yeah, and and I, I want to say nothing more than that, because um, um, I want to understand exactly what happened yesterday. I didn't have the privilege with you and doing other things yesterday of watching that, that assembly hearing but i was well aware that it went through i think overwhelming through the senate so i was surprised by that it's an area i care deeply about have since my time as mayor uh as a supervisor working with then district attorney kamala harris uh we put i think a few you know 25 additional million dollars uh, in the budget last year in this space and uh uh, I, I take it very seriously, so I appreciate Shannon Grove's efforts on this and, uh, and uh, wanted to make sure she knew that today. And uh, we'll be following up and we'll have more to say about that very shortly. Okay, Mr. President. So was that, <laughs> did he beat some people up in the assembly, tell them uh, this, is not, well, this doesn't look good for me or any of you? You would think. How about calling his attorney general, who he's usually buddies with, whose uh, wife voted, voted to block this bill from passing? No. Yeah, I mean, what, I, I was looking up Liz Ortega. She filed for bankruptcy in 2010. <laughs> she owed managed a checkbook. She owed she owed six hundred thousand plus dollars. Uh, didn't pay her student loans. Didn't pay the IRS. Didn't pay a loan from Chase Bank. And in 2018, California claimed a sixteen thousand dollar tax lien against Ortega. So this. Crazy lady whose clip we played a minute ago doesn't pay her taxes, doesn't pay her student loans, and voted against putting child sex traffickers away in prison for a long time. But other than that, I mean, she's a great political leader, isn't she? Wow. I mean, you can go to a homeless shelter and get better candidates for the assembly than this lady. Uh, the California Assembly Democrats were on Twitter before all this happened, and they were sort of explaining their problems with the bill. It looks like a lot of it was over. They don't like the three strikes laws. They didn't want to add any strikes to anybody. Well, too bad. You know what? They, they were... actually said th the unforeseen consequences could lead to trafficked children being punished under the law. That's 
That's a lie. That's nonsense. We need to ensure equity. They actually put that word in there and ensure I, that unforeseen consequences do not lead to trafficked children first, actually being punished under this law. They oh, put they, they put equity at the end of everything the way uh, if you go to a Christian church, they say amen. <laughs> just at the end of whatever you write on Twitter, just put equity. They, 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 that's, it's just a word. It doesn't mean anything. And there is certainly zero chance that the, that the kids, there'd be consequences for the kids. Legally, right. that that is a complete lie. Who wrote that? Uh, it just says from Assembly Democrats. Assembly Democrats. They yeah, some hack that the staffer. Look, they had no defense for this. They know they had no defense. If you don't like the three strikes law, too bad. It's the law of the state, and it's been around now for over thirty years, and it helped kill the uh, early nineties crime wave. By putting so, bad guys in prison for a long time. And every day a bad guy's in prison is another day they can't commit a felony. So the bill now goes to the Assembly Appropriations Committee. And that won't happen until mid to late August because, as we just found out, they're taking a four-week recess after Good. today. We'll have Shannon Grove, the state senator from Bakersfield, on the show after three but again, uh, the bill is alive, Senate Bill 14, to punish the sex traffickers more harshly. John and Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph! Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're live on the radio, 1 until 4, and then after 4 o'clock, you go to the iHeart app because it's the John and Ken On Demand podcast. There's no need to miss a minute. You should be hearing uh, the entire program. 24 7, we're out there. You got more? Okay. Uh, we're going to drag out the Moist Line people tomorrow, so we're still taking your messages. Use the iHeartRadio app, the microphone icon, or call the toll free number 1 877 Moist 86. 1 664 7886. Again, Senate Bill 14 is not dead. That's the one that would punish child sex traffickers with longer prison sentences because it would be considered a serious felony. You walk up to anybody on the street with the word serious and said, do you think it should be a serious felony if you if you traffic uh, young people in sex? You, you're, like a, you're like a John? Yeah. If you sell eight-year-old girls for sex with men, what do you think? Serious? I think, no? I think the response you would get is, of course. But uh, And I think that's what collapsed on the Democrats and the Public Safety Committee because uh, this story was everywhere. And, of course, we gave it super extra coverage. Oh, and and, uh, and good, they look really bad. Good work for those of you who called, uh, whoever you called. It really had an effect. I, I think they got more blowback than they've gotten for anything in many, many years because this yeah, was and gross. If, and you know what? Maybe we'll get to this later. But some of these, some of these rotten—it was that's actually what they called them in what are they? In California Globe, the rotten districts. These these are uh, uh, assembly districts, state senate districts, where there's very few people who vote. And that's where a lot of these crackpots come from, these crackpot state senators and assemblymen who thinks it's okay for guys to have sex with eight-year-old girls. That's okay to buy and sell the girls. They come from districts where hardly anybody votes and, and they're, because there's not that many eligible voters. They're a heavily illegal alien vote, uh, a heavily illegal alien population in these districts. And, uh, you know, that that's like Reggie Jones-Sawyer should not be allowed anywhere near a government building. Anybody who voted to block this thing ought to be put in jail. He's the chair of the Assembly Public Safety Committee, a Democrat assembly member from Los Angeles. From Los Angeles! We'll have the author of the bill, Shannon Grove, on after 3 o'clock. Of course, the big story today is that after midnight... It uh, looks like the actors are going to join the writers on the strike lines against the major studios. Uh, they obviously want more out of everything that is now coming from streaming and all the other revenues that these big major studios take in. They had called in a federal mediator. That didn't seem to work. Uh, as you know, the writers have been on strike for some time. But now we're going to have the big name actors. I heard a lot of them. 160,000 of them. 
babbling to like Matt Damon talking tough and not that he's barely getting by, but you know, it's a union. So it's supposed to protect uh, the highest paid to the lowest paid. You know, the, uh, this always goes on like every, I don't know, 20 years or so. Because yeah, it's the first time in 60 years though, that the actors have joined the writers because you strike, you have, uh, you have a new technology here, streaming. And there was nothing in the old contracts that fairly compensated the writers and the actors for all the residuals that they should get from streaming. And, you, and you know, that's the way a lot of people view entertainment now is streaming. Right, right. So this thing just blew up in the last 10 years. But doesn't a lot and, of streaming lose money? Well, because but that's now they put out so much product that they have to pay to produce. That's... And you may put out something that caused, I'm just throwing out a number, half a million dollars to produce some stupid TV show. And what if you only get, you know, a couple thousand people watching it? I realize they all pay to be on your streaming service. But I'm just saying you have just so much being offered to people now that all costs money to produce. Are you going to take in enough revenue from the monthly subscription fee? Well, it's it's because the the the, uh, studios make so many bad decisions handling their business. They don't release the ratings on their shows they know exactly how many people are watching each show and they know how long yeah because shows disappear right some shows like they don't do a second season i'm like okay nobody watched that one did they but that's the only way you could tell if something was uh, a success or not is if they come back and if they don't right right but but there is no statistic available publicly on how many people watch any show like you have nielsen ratings for broadcast and cable television there's no such thing. Now, ironically, what they have is much more accurate because they have their servers and they know exactly how many viewers every night for every show tune in. So they, they know who's watching. Uh, the, the writers and the actors, what they want is a third party to audit the ratings and report back to the unions how many people are watching so we can you can create some kind of pay, pay scale. To answer the question that you brought up, you know, are you a lot of people watching or not? But the economic model is a little well, different. I mean, some of the streaming services do have ads, but most of them don't. Many well, people stream because they don't want to see the ads. So, well, how do you uh, figure the, the the pay there from the from the well, the, the fact that the revenue is different because it's just coming from like monthly streaming fees? Well, th- this is the other part that these stupid streaming companies botched up. They way way overpaid with mega production deals. Oh, they did. Especially Netflix. They went crazy. And they started producing hundreds of shows. Do you know how many shows were being produced in L.A. uh, by by L.A. networks and uh, streamers in the last season? 599. 599 separate entertainment productions. Isn't that astonishing? It used to be between 1 and 200. Now it's 599. Well, there aren't enough eyeballs for 599. They made too many shows and they paid too much money for those shows. And then they're claiming, oh, I don't know, we can't make money. Well, well, manage your business properly because the writers and the actors are doing the work. They're supposed to get paid for the work. Yeah, and- I'm just saying things were simpler. Let's say, you know, in the old days of just the networks, pretty much, you had a show like Friends, which had big ratings, as you said, so that you could attach big advertiser uh, money to that. You don't really, you can't really do that under this economic model, right? Even if they have I, well, a show that's popular, how do they turn around and uh, collect enough money to co- to cover its popularity? I I think they know which shows bring in the subscribers, 
And I think, but, we, and that's we, because they'll keep them, right? Right, but, they'll keep them, right? Uh, and which but what they've also been there. trying to do is choke each other out. We saw this in the rideshare business too. The the streaming services are just like you said, spending a lot of money trying to get great entertainment to grab all the eyeballs and hopefully snuff out some some of their competition. Give yeah. the other streamers will just give up. Mm-hmm. They yeah, well, they want to they want to expand their market share and elbow everybody else out of the way. Look look the the journalism industry, newspapers and magazines. They never adjusted to the Internet. They were giving away all their uh, journalism for free for many years. And what yeah. did that do? They made no money from all the eyeballs they got on computer screens. And they lost all their print customers. Because why would you pay for print if you were getting it for free online? And how many newspapers and magazines went out of business? How many of them went bankrupt because of that? And they've never really caught up since. You know, yeah. to, to some extent, radio has done it with podcasts giving away the product on podcasts, making it making it easy for people to listen. And they've had trouble selling advertising on podcasts. It's changing now. But at the beginning, there was no money in it. There was no money in online journalism. There's, there's no profit in streaming. There was billions of dollars of profit in broadcast and cable television. Billions. So what they did is they, they, t- they went whole hog on streaming without figuring out a business model to be profitable. And then, you know, when, the, when, and they keep all these secrets. That's the thing. There are hit shows. There's huge hit shows that are probably getting tens of millions of people watching. They don't want to tell because if they tell, then the writers and the actors are going to rightly say, hey, we want a piece of this. This is the reason people are paying a subscription. There's got to monthly, right? There's got to be, they know which shows. I mean, they're charging. What do they charge on Netflix now? Like seventeen ninety nine a month, or am right. I buying? No, it's nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine a month. Okay, yeah. all right. People are paying nineteen ninety nine a month. What? That's that's uh, over two hundred and fifty dollars a year. There's a reason that they're paying that much money. There's shows they like. So, which are the shows that they like? Which are the shows that they're watching? Maybe repeat watching, binging on. They know. They don't want to tell. And also lurking in this. By the way, they they reached a deal with the directors. But they have not with the actors and the writers is the whole artificial intelligence thing, because that's what the problem is for the writers, that eventually if that takes a hold in the in the industry and you can start having algorithms and bots oh. push out scripts, uh, why do you need the writers to be paid uh, that much? I, I read one writer talk about this. Let's say a guy writes detective shows, right? Yeah. Well, if all those scripts or all those summaries are on the Internet. Because all AI does is it scans the internet That's right. very quickly, and it gives you an amalgamation of what they discovered. So he goes, so I'm going to write all these scripts, and then the AI machine is going to scan the internet and give me back what I already wrote. I will end up replacing myself and not getting paid for it. <laughs> well... All right, uh, we'll talk more when we come back. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Well, what next bad thing can happen to the four people in Rolling Hills Estates whose homes are collapsing down into the canyon? People could steal from them. They have arrested several people for looting the homes that were evacuated because they're shaky and may be collapsing. So we'll talk to Steve Gregory from KFI News after 2 o'clock. And again, the big story, Senate Bill 14, has been approved by a Assembly Public Safety Committee. That's the one that would punish these child sex traffickers much more severely. 
Uh, it was a big turnaround in everything in the last, uh, I think, Tuesday is when they blocked it. Yesterday, there was a lot of coverage. And then today, uh, it went back to the Public Safety Committee. And what do you know? All but two Democrats voted for the bill to advance it to its next step. So we'll talk to State Senator Shannon Grove after the news at 3 o'clock. We were just talking about, of course, the uh, writers and the actors. At midnight, the actors are walking out in Hollywood. Uh, I'm sure there's, I would imagine there's still a lot of productions already in the can. I mean, this will halt whatever they're doing right now. But uh, I guess the studios have plenty of material for people to sit there and stream for a long time before things get really ugly. But this could, this could go on for several months. And one of the topics that they had to fight over is uh, artificial intelligence. Could that take over some of the writing aspects of movies and TV and all your streaming stuff? Well, let's go to an expert on AI. We just found this out yesterday, John. I don't know if you knew this, but Kamala Harris had some things to say about artificial intelligence, and I think they're worth hearing. Well, that's one of the responsibilities that Biden recently gave her. Is that right? That she was. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel. No, no, I'm not making this up. The, right? the, the administration said that she is going to be the point person uh, as the White House figures out if there should be any kind of federal policy regulating AI. Not a joke. Uh, it's not a joke, really. They picked Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's listen. And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial <laughs> intelligence. But ultimately what it is, is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine and, and we can predict then, if we think about what machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. So to reduce it down to its most simple point, this is part of the issue that we have here, is thinking about what is going into a decision and then whether that decision is actually legitimate mm -hmm. and reflective of the needs and the, the life experiences of all people. Um, and therefore, a big part of what we will also discuss then is the transparency in terms of the processes <laughs> through wow. which AI actually is having an impact on decisions. Can we hear an equity? Do we understand the technology? Do we know what is going into the decisions that are being made? So this is uh, a very um, is multifaceted issue and topic and we also know that um that this is technology that is rapidly developing and so part of the common Somebody purpose that we have is a sense of urgency oh my gosh there was still 20 seconds left wait guys. there's 20 more seconds about oh, john oh, was keep, enjoying it i'll right. keep going and so part of the common purpose that we have is a sense of urgency that we get in front of uh, um, this issue in terms of understanding the implications so that we can work as a community of folks, private sector, public sector, nonprofits, um, government, huh? to do what is in the best interest of the health and safety and well-being of the people of our country. I'm about to go And ultimately, that's how I think about this. <laughs> I had to wrap it up with that last. <laughs> Holy mackerel. What that, a that was pile two, of poo. That was almost two minutes. Um, 
Yeah. It reminds you of just some corporate spokes hack who just talks in oh, circles yeah. to yeah. tell people to go away. And I want to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, if if we were in a rational world, somebody in that room would have stood up and said, "You are making no sense, lady." They just start screaming. It. I I don't know what the hell you're talking about, and you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Why can't somebody do that? Why would be that such a terrible thing for somebody to say, you're, you're, you're a babbling idiot? I mean, let's just take one part of one sentence. Part of the issue that we have here is thinking about what is going into a decision and then whether that decision is actually legitimate and reflective of the needs and the life experiences of all the people. <laughs> I, I, I'm I looked at it twice because I said, all right, she's talking about the decision that the AI makes, the machine. Is that what she's talking about? I don't or? know. You shouldn't have to ask. <laughs> when someone speaks, it should be clear. You shouldn't have to ask, well, what is she talking about here? What does she mean? She is a master generic babble. I like the way she had to get the word transparent in there mm -hmm. just because government officials love to say we're going to be, we got to be transparent about this. There was no uh, equity word. What happened? No, AI should be equity. She you spoke for should be two, equitable. She so spoke for two minutes, didn't utter the word equity or diversity. Wow. All right, when we come back, we're going to get an update of sorts on what's been going on in Rolling Hills Estates with the collapsing homes down into the canyon. Uh, Steve Gregory will join us. Uh, there have been some arrests made. Have they arrested the people responsible for the homes collapsing? Eh, not that. How about the good old word looting? Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol Jean. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.